0: The story of the loving Father is a part of God's invitation to us, Jesus' invitation to us, to know God as our loving Father. Jesus teaches us to pray, our Father. And for some, those words are easier to say than for others. If we have known the love and kindness of a Father... And those words sound warm and welcoming, but if we have known something else, they are more difficult to hear. They are less endearing. Some people struggle with this, and we should never minimize or dismiss that struggle. Better, I think, to ask the question, what does Jesus really mean when he says that we are to say our Father? And the parable of the prodigal is a wonderful insight into what it means to call God our Father. The word prodigal is derived from the same root word as our word prodigious. To be a prodigal is to be someone who has access to abundance. It has to do with abundance. So in that sense, both of the sons, both the older son and the younger son, are both prodigals because they both have access to the abundance of their father. The younger son, of course, as we heard, receives the abundance of his father. He goes off into a far country and he throws it away. Respecting neither the the gift nor the giver, he acts the fool. He throws away the fortune his father has given him. He squanders his birthright and reduces himself down to such state that he cannot even claim to be the son of his father. But, of course, he is desperate for food and for shelter, and so he drags himself home, hoping that his father will receive him, not as his own dear boy, but as a hired servant. The older son, on the other hand, is more cautious. He stays put. As the older one, he is blessed with even more abundance than the younger son Everything that the father owns will one day be his. But the older son doesn't seem to notice this, doesn't seem to appreciate this. All he can see is scarcity and sacrifice. And so both of them are in a bad place. And of course in the story, the father is representative of God. So note what the father does for each of these wayward sons. The first thing the father does for the younger son is to allow him to go. He blesses him. He doesn't try to stop him. When his son stays gone, he may have gone to the gate every day waiting, but he doesn't go looking for the son. If you've ever been the parent of a strong-willed child, you know how hard this can be and how necessary it can be. We who love our children are always tempted to rescue them. And there are times when we should rescue them, but there are also times when we have to let them learn the hard way. And such is the freedom that God gives us. We are free To make our own lives. To make our own mistakes. God grants us that freedom. The cross is proof of it. The Lord will let us go just as far as we want to go. The young prodigal turns everything into a tit-for-tat transaction. He scorns love. He doesn't appreciate what he has. And so do we. The loving Father. Our loving Father allows us to make a terrible mess of things. We have only to look around at the world to know that that is true. And God, our Father, patiently waits for us, patiently waits for our love to be genuine. To say that God is our Father is to say that we have the capacity to love without condition, without selfish intent, without ulterior motive. But that kind of pure love requires that we are free. It cannot be coerced. It cannot be a part of a bargain. That kind of love requires that we are free. And so if we are free, when the young prodigal finally comes to himself, he trudges home. And as Kathy says, the father doesn't wait for the young son to arrive shamefully. He rushes out. He embraces him. He kisses him. He restores him to his full status as a son. The good father does not stiffen with pride. He doesn't look at or comment on the pathetic condition of the wayward child the loving father looks at that boy with all of his imperfections with the tragedy of his choices the loving father looks at that boy and sees himself in that boy and he welcomes him with open heart open arms and he orders that they have a celebration And so it is that God welcomes us. God sees us with an absolute abundance of forgiveness. The Lord who has made us in God's own image doesn't look at the distortions and the defilement of that image, but rather looks through all of that and with grace and with love, sees that we are really made in God's image and loves us for the sake of it. Our loving Father restores us through the death and resurrection of his Son. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, who is the outpouring of the Father's heart, we are forgiven. Glory to God. So this is the gospel, that when we do not deserve it, when we cannot do anything to, at all to save ourselves, the Lord loves us. But this isn't the end of the story. You see, the parable is really about the older son more than the younger son. We typically concentrate on the younger son because it's such a wonderful story. But the, but the, the setting of the story is, Is really about the older son. Jesus tells this story in response to some religious leaders who have been complaining about the company that Jesus is keeping. In the minds of these religious leaders, uh, Jesus is associating with unacceptable people, and they don't like it. And they don't want to be a part of it. And Jesus tells this story and invites them to see themselves in this sullen older son who doesn't want anything to do with his brother. The older son is outside sulking, will not come in, angry about the love being shown to his brother. And what does the father do? Just as the father went out to the younger son, he goes out and pleads with the younger son, or with the older son, excuse me. He assures the older son that his brother is not a threat. He begs him to come in and join the party. What does the father really want from this older brother? He wants nothing more then this child of his should recognize the other child as his own brother. The older son says, oh no, that son of yours. Not my brother, but that son of yours. The story there ends without resolution. And we are left to determine the end of the story. The good father just stands by his decision to love the one who left as much as the one who stayed. The good father will not call off the celebration. He will only wait and hope, just as he hoped for the younger son. He will wait and hope that this other older son will come to himself and recognize the abundance of his life. And love his brother as his brother. Here's what I hear in this story. No matter what I have heard, seen, felt, done, or thought, no matter, no matter what I have heard, seen, felt, done, or thought, God loves me and everybody else. No matter what you have heard or seen or felt or done or thought, God loves you and everybody else. In his book, Fire of Mercy, Eresmole by Americacus says that before God is our Father, God is my Father and your Father. In Romans 8, 15 through 16, Paul says that when we cry, Abba, Father, it is God's Spirit bearing witness with our spirits that we are God's children. To say that God is our loving Father is to sense within ourselves that we are beloved and that nothing in all of creation can separate us from the love of God in Christ. It is also to recognize that others are just as beloved as we are. In his book, The Deeper Journey, Dr. Bob Mulholland said, that the hour in our Father unites us with all humanity, with every person. Whatever our differences, whatever our disagreements, we are absolutely the same in the one and only thing that truly matters. We are all. Beloved. And God our Father is patiently, patiently waiting for us to recognize that and to welcome one another as brothers and sisters. And when we come to the table of the Lord's Supper Every proud division ends. And the love that makes us, makes us one. Together, met, together, bound, we go our separate ways. But we go not as strangers, but as friends as brothers and sisters together, and on this World Communion Sunday, we gather with Christians all around the world to declare, to receive the grace of our common identity in the love of God through Jesus Christ. And so we come, beloved. Amen.